I am the life that will never, never die. I hope that the truth and the reality of the resurrection never grows dull in us. Don't let it grow dull in me. Amen? I'm going to do my best to keep it from growing dull in you. That the truth and the reality of the resurrection is not reserved for just one Sunday morning on one Sunday out of the year called Easter. It's daily, minute by minute, second by second, hour by hour, this dance that we are invited in by Jesus. I am the life that will never, never die. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 19 through 25 this morning. Uh, Pastor Robert has already read that. If you brought your scripture uh, with you, print and or in uh, on digital, I invite you to turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. But I've got nine chapters to cover before we get there. Shared this illustration a few weeks ago. you ever started reading a novel, just open a novel and going like three quarters of the way through and start reading? No. You ever sit down to watch a movie, maybe your family has started already and they're already down in the movie and you have to pause it and they have to catch you up so you know who the characters are? Yeah, so let me, let me catch you up. Hebrews chapter 10. The storyline of Scripture focuses on the one true God and the nation of Israel's story. And it leads up to this dramatic point. This, it's the overflow of, overthrow of the powers of darkness and the call of the nations to worship the one true God. The Old Testament is a scaffolding outside a building. And now that scaffolding is eclipsed by the actual building. The fulfillment of scriptural hope is in Jesus, God the Son. All of Israel's call, their laws, their rituals, their sacrificial system, priesthood, have come to fulfillment in the Messiah and in His people. Christ, as our high priest, has offered and provided a better sacrifice and a better sanctuary. Christ's death and ascension into heaven have done what the Old Testament sacrificial system could not do. The Old Testament law, And the sacrificial system were never able to take away sins. Priests of the old covenant offered sacrifices over and over. And none of those sacrifices worked. If they had, they would have stopped. Guilt still remained. In the end, the Jewish temple system only provides a shadowy illustration of the reality that takes place in Christ. They are a placeholder. They are a rain check. Only Jesus, with only Jesus, could that promise of cleansing take place. There once was a place in the tabernacle and in the temple called the Holy of Holies. You remember studying about the Holy of Holies? Only the high priest could enter the Holy Holies. And only could the high priest enter the Holy of Holies after a long and elaborate ceremony and preparation. There was a curtain that sanctioned off the Holy of Holies. And early Jewish tradition stated that the temple veil, this curtain, was as thick as a man's hand. Although this might have been an exaggeration I read this week. For sure, 
We know that curtain was not bought at the Dollar General store. We know it was not vinyl, some vinyl cheap shower curtain. It was written that this curtain was so heavy that it took 300 men to raise and lower. It had to be washed and it had to be replaced. There was a lot of work. When Jesus died on the cross, according to Matthew 27, that curtain, thick as a man's hand, so heavy that 300 men took to raise and lower it, this curtain that sanctioned off the Holy of Holies was torn in two from the top to the bottom. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place, rent curtain and rent flesh, unprecedented access to God is available for every believer through Christ. Christ is the trailblazer. He is now, right now, in the presence of the Father. Jesus has paved the way and He is there now waiting. And we are beckoned to draw near with true hearts and in full assurance that we will be accepted cleansed by him we have access now to draw near now while we are living let us draw near the author of hebrews says in verse 22 let us draw near this is the first invitation that the author gives we draw near with our faith placed on and focused on jesus christ The second invitation is this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. Confession of hope of Christ's past work and affirmation of things in the future, promises made that have not yet been transpired or are being transpired. Free from all blame on the day of Jesus' return is a hope, 1 Corinthians 1.18. No temptation more than you can stand. He will show you a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God will make you holy, whole spirit and soul and body kept blameless until Jesus Christ comes again. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. If we are unfaithful, He remains faithful. 2 Timothy 2, 13. Do you hear the hope in those passages? In just a few moments, we're going to proclaim the Apostles' Creed. And in the Apostles' Creed, there are statements of hope. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. The hope of the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. The third invitation, let us contemplate how to motivate one another to acts of love and good good works. Motivate. The Greek word there has two senses. One sense is to motivate the apathetic or fearful to do something. Another sense is to pester. Now, having raised three kids and being a kid of four and being the older brother in my family and having watched older brother, younger brother, and younger sister, I've been a witness and a participant in pestering. Let us pester one another to love and good works. God has done a work for us and in us, a work that we cannot do ourselves. And the writer of Hebrews is inviting us to pester, 
and motivate one another to acts of love and good works in response to what God has done for us and in us. If you've got your Bible open, I want you to focus on two words. Two words, one another. One another. Those two words, one another, is a common English phrase in the New Testament. It appears over 33 times. So these 33 times of one another would make a good 33-week worship series or 33 points of a sermon. When something is repeated in Scripture, that is a clue to pay attention. When something is repeated in Scripture, that's a clue to pay attention. One another. Here's a rundown. I want you to see if any of these speak to you today. And if any of these speak to us today. Be devoted to one another. Give preference to one another. Love one another. Build up one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. Through love, serve one another. Show tolerance for one another. Be kind to one another. Speak to one another tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has forgiven you. With humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. Bear with one another. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with thanksgiving to the, in your hearts to God. May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people. Are any of these resonating with you, with us? And maybe not just us in this room, but us collectively Encourage one another. Do not speak against one another. Do not complain against one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. Fervently love one another from the heart. Keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. If we walk in the light as He Himself, we have fellowship with one another. The message you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another. This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us. Let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If God loves us, we also ought to love one another. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. This one anothering 
mentioned 33 plus times in Scripture. Imagine what might happen if a group of Christ followers began living those out. How might our world change? The invitations thus far could be summarized in this, in, in faith in Jesus, hope in Jesus, and, and love in Jesus. And Paul says that these three things, faith, hope, and love, will last forever. Love being the greatest. Did you hear the care for one another and all those one another's? Such care that is stimulated, the writer of Hebrews says, by meeting together for worship, Christian fellowship, and mutual encouragement. The last invitation is this, is verse 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. For some reason... The first hearers of this letter that would have been read out loud had laid out of gathering together. And I'm sure that their excuses were much like ours, with the exception of some of ours and ours with the exception of some of theirs. The bottom line is this. We need each other. We can't one another one another if your one another is missing. I may tweet that. When you think about coming to church, do you think about a place and an address, or do you think about a people? When you think about coming to church, do you think about bricks and mortar, or do you think about flesh and souls? When you think about coming to church, do you think about addresses or names and faces? Maybe in order to one another, when we think about church, we need to think about one another. When you come to worship, do you think about our one anotherness and how your presence and your participation, you're helping strengthen and invigorate people around you so that we can one another. There are times when I need to not sing and I need to hear your singing and your praises. And there are times when you're going through something so bad that you feel like you can't sing. You need to hear the singing and see the presence of one another. You see, this thing called following Jesus, this, this dance we do, it's social. We, we were created from community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit created for community. And we can't one another without one another. God the Father through Jesus the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit has fastened this body of believers in Jesus together who have faith, hope, and love. And we need each other. We need one another. It's messy. And we need each other. Relationships are a contact sport. (laughs) And we need each other. Somebody is going to say something you don't like and something you don't agree with. And we need each other. Somebody is going to have politics different than you. And we need each other. Someone's going to wear clothes and sing songs and express themselves unlike you. And we need each other. 
We're linked by, we're linked above any of these things. We are linked to one another through Jesus Christ the Son. Faith centered in and on Jesus, holding tightly to hope, pestering one another in holy love and not neglecting our meeting of coming together because we need each other in order to one another. Baptism is our celebration of one anotherness in Jesus. So I invite you to turn into your hymnal on page 39.